You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of Heart and Soul Podcast. Just me and Chelsea this week. Hey, Chelsea. Hi. (laughs) We're on Zoom because she's she's officially in quarantine mode. Mm, Pre-baby quarantine. How's that going? Not bad. I mean, I feel like I have so much to do like around here and work-wise that I'm still finishing up that I've actually been really busy every day. So it's kind of just been whatever. It's honestly probably not much different than the way that you've been living. It's really not other than like, knowing that I like can't really see people. Yeah. But even, I don't know, I can, I technically still could and just see people like very socially distant. I'm just trying not to as much as possible to. Yeah keep our risk low, but I still like went to the grocery store yesterday and stuff. So I, I at least out the house. get out a little bit. Yeah, I, would, yeah. I would have to get out of the house at least like once a day, even if it's just a walk. Yeah, for sure. We've been trying to go on walks and stuff <clears throat> back at our routine, but I don't know every day this week it's been storming. So it's been crazy. I just took my mom to the airport and it was like torrential downpour pouring for like a good half mile. And then I exited out of the the rain into like sunshine. It was so yeah. yeah. Jordan was just outside mowing the lawn. And next thing I know, it was just like downpouring outside out of nowhere. And then I looked back over and it was sunny. So <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the same time every day, but I guess that's how summertime at the coast tends to go. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to, you want to get into a uh, happies and crappies? Sure. Um, I'll start crappy, I guess. Uh, I had a little bit of a rough couple nights this week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my Instagram yesterday, but uh, I think it was, Tuesday night after we recorded the episode with your mom, um, we ordered like ale house dinner and we're hanging out. I felt completely fine. I laid down for a little bit and my heartburn came on so hard and I just like puked so much. (laughs) That's now the second time that that's happened. And it was way worse than the first time. The first time it was like, you know, just like a little, minor this was Go quite on. a bit uh yeah and the weird part is it's like you know normally when you feel it coming you're like really nauseous and you like feel like you're about to get sick this is just like all of a sudden you For sit that. up and you're just throwing up yeah so that was fun um now I'm remembering to take my apple cider vinegar at night even if I'm not going to go to bed right away I was wondering what ACV meant on your, like, is that some, like, drug or something? But I didn't respond. I just left it be. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which you would think would be really counterintuitive. Like, people say to avoid vinegary things, like acidic foods. But the doctor told me it actually 
like counters the acid in your stomach. So it helps like break it down more. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But it's it works. all science, but it works. So I just kind of plug my nose and take a shot. Yeah. Michael used to do those apple cider vinegar shots. He also used to do like at Whole Foods, they have these things called gut shots. Yeah. Essentially pickle juice. It's so gross. Yeah, which I actually like pickle juice and I like vinegar, but when you take like a pure shot of it, it's really, really intense. Pickles are the worst to me, but I'm like pickles. I hate pickles. (gasps) I hate pickles. I hate olives. I, but I like cucumbers and I like like red wine vinegar and it's weird. It's just something about the juice of a pickle I can't handle and the crunch. I'm shook. How did I not know this about you? Eight pickles. I love pickles and olives. Like I could eat them every day for the rest of my life and be happy. Oh yeah. Olives. No, so gross. I like one of, for all our um, pickle hating listeners right now, I hope you can relate to this, but like when you order a burger or a sandwich or something and then they put pickle on it, on accident, even though you say no pickle, or they even put like a pickle on the side in like one of those boxes and it juices into the bread or the fries that you just ordered. It is that nothing boils my blood more than that. It's so annoying. Wait a second though, but you like Chick-fil-A and they use pickle juice in their marinade. Like that's what they, that's why it tastes so good. In the Chick-fil-A sauce? No, and like the like the breading of the chicken, like they marinate it in pickle juice. Oh, I didn't know that. I can't taste the pickle juice then, but if I get like the Chick-fil-A sandwich, I do no pickles. Wow. I learned something new about you today. Yeah. Well, I did not know that. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> um, yeah, we're very different in that in that sense. I'm quite the opposite. Um Let's see. So I guess my happy, I guess I'm trying to think of something because this has not been the most exciting week, I guess, because we didn't do happies and crappies with my mom, with your mom this week, technically but still this week. I loved our little like treat yourself day last oh yeah we went and got many petties and just talked and pampered ourselves and that felt really good so yeah that that did feel really good we had some friends come over over the weekend to do one last little like hey let's see everyone before we have a baby um so that was fun too and got to see some friends that were in town for the weekend yeah, it's been good. So that was my happy. Nice. Um, yeah, I would say since we, I mean, we kind of covered this last week or this, yeah, I guess when you listen to this, it would have been last week, but definitely happy was getting our nails done. I have not gotten that done really. I think I got my nails done once in quarantine, but it was not like a full on, it was not like the dip or the powder. It was like just regular paint. So that feels nice to be like put together again. I, yeah, I feel a little more like a human. Yeah. Um, and then also, my happy is still and probably will be for a while the folklore album Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah of course. 
Yeah. And then my crappy is actually what we're going to be talking about during this episode. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, y'all. We are going to take a quick break from our interview right now to tell you about one of our amazing sponsors, and that is Ritual. If you're anything like us, which I'm sure you are since you listen to this podcast about full body wellness, then we believe that doing the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run is the way to go, which is why we love Ritual. Because even if you try really hard to like eat really well, we've talked about this a lot, we're still most likely not getting all of the essential nutrients that we need on a daily basis, which is where Ritual comes in. Because it's an obsessively researched vitamin specifically for women. Hey, soul sisters. So Ritual's essentials have the nutrients that most of us don't really get enough of from food. And it's all in their clean, absorbable forms with no shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. It's easy to take. It's sent straight to your door. Hello, best part. You don't have to think about going to the store to buy it. All you do is put in your subscription every 30 days. It is at your door with a new refill. Hello, easy. That is my way of life right now. So I love Ritual personally because... I really know that I don't get all of the essential vitamins that my body needs from food. And also, I feel like a lot of the vitamins I've taken in the past have been um, maybe like left a bad taste in my mouth or haven't really had the best like after effects where Ritual is really easy on my stomach. Um, And it also smells like minty fresh. So it doesn't have that gross stench that some vitamins smell, which is my favorite part. And then also, it's so much easier on my stomach after. So let me tell you about what's in these ritual vitamins. From D3 to omega-3, this essential for women fills the gap in a woman's diet with no nausea capsule design, and it gives you that gentle stomach feel, especially when you have an empty stomach. So it's a little mint tab in every bottle. It keeps things fresh. Not only does it keep your body fresh, keeps your breath fresh, am I right? So you don't get that fishy aftertaste like I talked about, like you get from other vitamins. So better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. You can fill in the gaps too in your diet with Essential for Women by Ritual, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. We are all about healthy foundations for our bodies, ladies. So visit ritual.com backslash soul, S-O-L-E, to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com backslash soul. Okay, now back to our interview. Back to talk about um, another crappy thing that's happened this year in my life. If you follow me on Instagram, then you probably already know what we're about to talk about. But Michael and I had our second miscarriage um last week and it I guess I just want to share just real quickly the pro like the story process post last pregnancy to um how this one related slash was different and just bring light to anything that um maybe people don't know or or people who have had miscarriages can somewhat like find comfort in and and relate to and feel less alone. So, um, after our last miscarriage, we got pregnant really quickly again. 
which is great and so happy about that. We only, I only had one menstrual cycle and then like right after that we got pregnant. So it was quick. Um, and this, I mean, obviously the second time around, I was like a little more anxious because of the last time and any time that I felt like a, a cramp or a twinge or, um, anything, anything at all, I would like go on high alert, <laughs> but, um, I also felt more, a little more, um, encouraged because I was experiencing like way more pregnancy symptoms. Like I was nauseous my boobs were out of control, like everything was raging. So I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. Um, and then we went in for our eight week ultrasound and which I know I talked about this last time, but that is just the worst. I know you can relate like the four weeks or the three and a half weeks that you have to wait between finding out you're pregnant, peeing on a stick and then going, <laughs> going in for an ultrasound is like, so terrible because you don't know anything and any pain you do feel you automatically go to like the worst of the worst um instead of just i don't know it's terrible so we went in for our eight-week ultrasound right before we went to the mountains with michael's family we were literally packed up we drove there and then like um everything we found out everything and then we like got in the car with michael's brother and went straight <laughs> to the mountains. so it was a, it was a great little transition. But when we went to the eight week ultrasound, the doctor saw, we saw the baby and, um, which was a lot different than last time. Last time our baby was a fetus at five and a half weeks, but it didn't have a heartbeat yet. And they were concerned because it was so far behind without a heartbeat that they gave it like a 10% chance. And then I started miscarrying that night. So it was very quick. Um, where this time we saw the fetus and it had a heartbeat and, um, however, it was only measuring at six weeks and two days instead of the, I think we were at seven weeks, six days at that point. So we were like almost two weeks behind in measuring. Um, however, the doctor, which obviously when you hear that, or when I heard that, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like just more like, I obviously started crying, but I was just like, seriously, like, this is so frustrating that, um, it's this like same thing happening again. Um, and then we met with the doctor right after the ultrasound and she said that like, she's seen it go both, both ways. And she basically gave us a 50, 50 chance of, you know, I've seen this before where babies just like start off slow in development and then they pick it up. Um, but I've also seen what happened with you last time happen. So I really have like, it was just, I just walked away from this appointment with like zero clarity and hope and hopelessness all wrapped into one. Um, so we leave that appointment and I'm pretty, pretty devastated. Um, and I'll, and I'll get back to this, but like, I would say that that weekend slash week following was the hardest week. Like it wasn't as hard as, the miscarriage itself was this time. Um, I think I felt all my like emotional, I'm sure not all, I'm sure it'll come in waves, but most of my like emotional sadness during that week. Um, but it was a good distraction that we went to the mountains with Michael's family. We were planning on telling them the news that weekend and we did tell them, but it was a sadder delivery. Um, and then the next the next week, two, 
10 days. So we had 10 days before our next appointment or follow-up ultrasound to see if the baby had any growth. And during that 10 days, I obviously like grieved and cried and all that, but I'm sorry, I just looked at my phone and Michael has sent me like, can you see this? Just like emoji after emoji. Like, is he bored? What is he doing? Sales calls. So this is what's happening in my phone. I was like, he's blowing me up. Never text me. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so that week after was um, tough, but also I was like holding on to, to hope because I had zero, well, one, I'm like, hoping for the best. And two, I didn't have any bleeding this time. So I was like, okay, this has to be a good sign because, um, last time I had started spotting and that's why I went in for an ultrasound. And this time it was the opposite. So I, I didn't have any bleeding. I was still having symptoms. So I was like, okay, maybe I, it, the doctor, um, saying it was just like a slow start is correct. And I was, I kind of got revitalized with hope. And then we went in last Monday for, I guess when you're listening to this, it would have been the Monday before the Monday, yeah. Yeah. The Monday before last. Um, and for our ultrasound and the doctor uh, or the stenographer was in there for a while and wasn't really saying anything. And I was like, here we go again. Like I just got kind of. PTSD from the last time that that happened when there was like zero eye contact (laughs) or speaking for like 15 minutes. And essentially what had happened was the baby had, it's, it's so like sad saying this out loud, but the, the heartbeat was no longer there. And the baby had like split into pieces within my uterus. So the fetus was in there, but it was dismantled. And so at that point, it was obviously labeled miscarriage, um, which I believe they call it a miscarriage if your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. So that's what it was last time. And I might be getting this wrong, but this time it's a miscarriage. Um, same thing. I mean, same process of like. I think, I think um, when it's miss, it means like you don't bleed. Like you, it just happens without you having any symptoms. I could be wrong too, though, but I don't really know. I know I got like a whole pamphlet of things explaining it, but, and it's in there. I just didn't obviously read it well enough, but yeah. So that was, that was last, last Monday. And it was, I, the doctor's office visit for me is just like, I think it brings up more emotions because it's one right when you receive the news and two, it's like revisiting a environment that you've only received bad news in. So, um, I was like kind of a, like a wreck after, obviously after that, but then going into the follow-up appointment with the doctor and they basically like, they, they go through this like packet of information, giving you your options for how to proceed with your miscarriage. And the three options were one, wait till it happens naturally to take a medication called Cytotec, which induces labor at home. Um, and it will start like the bleeding process and it could take anywhere from like 12 to 48 hours, depending on how your body responds. And then the third one was a DNC. Um, so that was on a Monday and I opted to go home or opted to ask, I asked her to call in the prescription, but I was going to wait until to see if it happened naturally until Friday. and then 
really spend the weekend when I wasn't on my feet and working to take the medication and let it be done, the physical part be done within two days. So, um, that ended up happening. I still had no bleeding and still had like pregnancy symptoms that week was difficult. But I think after like three days of that, I was just like, this sounds so bad, but I was just like, I need to get this over with. Like, I'm, I need it. I need to feel not pregnant anymore. And I need to like almost start fresh with just like, I don't know. It was, it's just been like the worst year of my life. And I was just ready for, in some sense to have like myself back and not feel governed by this circumstance. Um, but I don't think that sounds bad at all. I think that's completely valid. I've, I would imagine like having that, like knowing that you're still in the midst of it kind of makes it so much more painful and, and hard, especially if you were still having symptoms and, yeah. and not feeling anything like really changing. I think that's completely valid to feel that way and just want a, a clean slate for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that is like the only term appropriate, but it, yeah, you're right. Um, so, but anyways, it did not pass naturally and we ended up inducing on Friday afternoon with that medication at home. Um, and that was not great. It didn't, I got three doses and I had ended up having to take all three cause the first two didn't take. Um, and so basically I was like bedridden all last weekend and, um, you know, they, I'm sure it, it affects women so differently depending on on your circumstance and also like your pain tolerance in general. For me, I, it was painful for sure. Like probably the worst cramps, worse than a period cramp, but, um, everything I had read online had <laughs> said like, you're going to feel like you're in labor, like that kind of pain. And I was like, is this a joke? Like the fetus is so small, like how? And I didn't feel that. I did feel like this sucks. And I got a little nauseous and, and, had a bunch of symptoms, but I do feel like I have very high pain tolerance and I was able to like get through the pain. And once the baby passed, which was in the middle of the night on that Saturday to Sunday, I felt, um, almost like, okay, here's my like fresh start. Sounds so bad. Like I, it's, I, I would give anything to have that baby still in me and growing obviously, but it just feels better now knowing that there's not something that's inside me that is lifeless. Um, and anyway, so now this week, which would be the week prior to when you're listening to this, I just have some light spotting. I have a follow-up appointment tomorrow, which is Friday to take blood and an ultrasound and just kind of see where I'm at. If the miscarriage is completely done or if there's anything else natural that my body needs to do. And then from there, we will probably wait a little longer before we start um, like intentionally trying again. Um, just for my heart, I think that I'm like really discouraged with the whole pregnancy process. And I think that if, I mean, if we get pregnant again in a month or whenever my, after my next period, great. But I think I'll have more fear than peace about it. 
And so I think both of us are, Michael and I have discussed, we're like at peace with waiting longer and just like letting my body get back to a safer spot. Unfortunately, there's a lot of like, I asked the doctor if um, I could like take any tests to see if there's anything like preconceived that's like wrong with me. So I know like how to fight it or if I do even need to start trying to get pregnant right now or if I need to wait and go through something. Um, And she said, unfortunately, they don't do those tests. So after the third miscarriage and I found out that the reason why is because one, it's so common. And two, um, your most insurance carriers don't cover those tests until after your third miscarriage, which to me is like, so not fair. Um, because (laughs) I don't want to have to go through another miscarriage in order to figure out that there's something wrong with me because it's just terrible. Like the emotional toll it has on you is, and physical toll is, and so I'm going to see if there's any, I've took like a thyroid blood test and I'm going to take like a lupus one and see if there's anything else I can do prior to that. But I don't really know if I'll find out if there's anything and hopefully there's not, but if there is anything wrong with my body, I don't think I'll be able to find out until unfortunately if there's a third miscarriage. I wonder too, um, like the genetic testing, I'm pretty sure, um, like they gave us that option to do that if we wanted to, and you can like, you know, find out the gender early and stuff like that if you do it. But I'm pretty sure that we would have had to pay out of pocket because it's not like necessary. But if, if it were to be like, Hey, we want some answers. I feel like that it would give you that option. And I don't think it's like super out of this world expensive. Yeah. And we talked about that. Like we're both totally down to pay more for answers or even if there's like, even if the answer is nothing's wrong with you, well then that's great. Like peace of mind. I'll pay peace of mind. Uh, I just need to do more research and look into like what that costs and what, what those tests even consist of. A lot of people after I shared on Instagram have reached out and asked me if like, I've gotten tested for like PCOS and things like that. And I haven't, uh, but like those, these are all things that I'm like researching now and trying to figure out if I need to like move forward in any direction. And you know what, honestly, it could just, I mean, being that miscarriages are so common, which is why I feel so confident in sharing it on Instagram and sharing it with y'all on, on the podcast is, like they're so common that people often have them three, four times prior to having a healthy pregnancy without anything being wrong with their physical bodies. You know, it's just mm-hmm. one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. And I think just like all you see is the highlight reel and see everyone having healthy pregnancies and Unfortunately, it's not talked about enough. I understand people not being comfortable sharing it, but I just wish it was more commonly spoken about so that there wasn't such shame around it. As a woman, you're like, I am like, my body is supposed to create bodies. Like, it's like, 
what that thing is for. And so when you can't and you wait your whole life till this, like, you know, you wait to try and then you start trying and then you can't, it's like, what? Like, it's frustrating. It is. And you're right. It is so common. I think what it's like almost 20, 25% of pregnancies. 25%. Something like that, which, which is pretty significant. And I know people that have had like three children that have had miscarriages, like between each one or have just had multiple ones or whatever it might be. And you just never hear about it and think that they just had three kids without any struggles, but you're right. Like it's, it's not talked about enough. And if you, all you see is the positive outcomes, then of course you're going to feel so much more like isolated in those instances and it's fine that people don't want to talk about it it's a it's a dark thing to go through and I'm not saying that everyone has to share it on their platform by any means but I think it's great that you have and have like heard from so many people that have given you that hope and insight and shared experience to know that it's you know more common than right than you would think and help to give you some answers and some hope and just encouragement in general. Yeah. And like, I realized that there's probably a lot of people who have seen me share on social media who don't agree with me sharing. And that's totally okay. Like I, I completely understand why someone wouldn't want to share. I think for me personally, I've been so, I like, I mean, my freaking caption or hashtag is shameless living. So I've been so open about like so many things in my life that have been hard that I felt like it would be, I don't know. I just felt like I would be hiding something that I should, I should be sharing with my audience uh, from a personal level. And for me, it's almost selfish because getting those messages, those direct messages from women that are like, you're not alone. I did this. Here's what I did after this. Like that's helpful for me. And I want to hear that, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it's totally okay. It's, you know, asking, it's almost like a way of asking for help and asking for prayer and encouragement and there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, like, yeah, no judgment. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I think that, that that's what my specific heart needed to, to go and do in order to start healing. And I know that like the grieving process isn't something that just like happens and goes away. So I know that for me this last week, I've been surprisingly okay. And I, I mean, I've been surrounded by so much love, like our families have been in town, our, like the soul girls have like been here training here and like giving me Um, encouragement and like we've received like flowers from friends from home and like I feel completely supported and I like obviously appreciate that more than you know but like as a whole emotionally I do feel okay and I do know that this is something that I also do sometimes that is not healthy is like lock it up and I'm like okay like this is kind of just what it is and we'll move on. It is what it is kind of thing. And then it'll like creep up on me later. So I'm trying to be like aware of that, but I also um, know that like it'll come in waves, you know, like some days I'll be fine and some days I'll be like, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and there's a difference between like suppressing things and like some days actually feeling okay. And it's okay if you do. Like yeah. if you feel that strength and that resilience and you're emotionally feeling good, like don't feel guilty about that either because that's okay. And the next day you might not and you might have a breakdown or randomly have a moment. But yeah, you know, like you said, everyone grieves a little differently and that whole process is kind of ongoing. So, yeah. um, so well, now that you have gone through this a couple times and have probably resonated and connected with and spoken to a lot of other women who have gone through this struggle from miscarriage to like not being able to conceive or whatever it might be, what would be your advice for the people in your life or like if you know, how to, how to support someone going through what you have when it comes to what to say, what not to say, what to do and, and that type of thing. Um, I think that there, well, there's just like a few things that have like irked me, (laughs) irked my pickle, speaking of pickles, um, (laughs) that I know come like, when people deliver them, deliver these words, they are not coming from a like hard, hurtful place at all. And I've even said these words to people, but, um, one thing specifically is like, everything happens for a reason, like Mm -hmm. totally cliche thing that we have all said and at all seasons of life, but it's not really comforting. (laughs) Cause you're like, what is the freaking reason? You don't really know the reason and hindsight's 2020, right? Like in 10 years when we look back and see how our family has evolved and like what needed or did happen in order to get us there, it will make more sense. But right now it doesn't feel like there's a reason behind it. Um, that's hard. And another thing that has been said to me specifically is, which I just said this is like in five years, when you have two babies running around, you're not going to think about this anymore. You're not going to be sad about this anymore. And I don't think that's true. I think that I'll always like have some sort of grief and mourning for what could have been with these two children. And I obviously, when I have kids running around one day, I'm going to be so grateful for their lives, but I don't think it takes away. I don't think it's like a replacement thing. It doesn't take away the sadness mm. of, of this morning. Um, I think too, what people don't realize is that, well, that it sounds even more ignorant than everything happens for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> that, one uh, that, one, that one got me heated. I snapped. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is it's almost like, obviously I have not gone through this, but from an outside perspective, it would almost be like they're negating your feelings being valid right now Mm -hmm. and your grief and your hardship and struggle. Like sometimes even just any positivity at all is like not what you need, (laughs) you know, like you need to just be able to feel what you're feeling. Sucks. Like. I hate that for you. This like totally blows. Not like God has a plan. I'm like, okay, well, God's plan for this one pretty much blows in my mind. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I guess you can know that and you can pray over that for me and you can hold that positivity, but those are not the words you need right now. 
Right. And you don't realize that those are the wrong words. Cause I've said those words to people before until you're in the other side, on the other side of the situation. You're like, Oh, like, yeah, that's really not what you want to hear. I think going back to your point, like what's most comforting is, um, people being like, I'm so sorry. I hate this for you. Like, is there anything I can do? Or is there anything I can specifically pray for? Or do you want me to say anything at all? Or what do you need? Like one of my uh, soul girls, she was like, what do you need? And I was like, I need like to get a little bit tipsy off wine and drink with my friends and have pizza. And so I'm going to her house this weekend to have to do that. You know, like that's what I need sometimes. And sometimes I need prayer. So it's like asking Mm -hmm. someone like, what do you need right now? Or with you, like, do you want me to come over or do you want to go get your nails done? I'm like, I want to get my nails done, you know? So really asking the question, what do you need? Instead instead of coming, approaching someone with like a blanket, like quote unquote hopeful statement that doesn't feel hopeful in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely one thing. And as far as like those who are going through or have gone through a miscarriage or are personally and right now going through like infertility or, unable to conceive. Um, I, I mean, I've been open, I've talked to Chelsea about this, but like, it's very, it's just like anything in life when you're scrolling through social media. I remember when I was single and like everyone was getting engaged and married. And I just felt like the only single woman in the world, because that's what's highlighted obviously on social media. I had to like unfollow accounts or just not get on Instagram as much. Um, And I think it's the same thing. Whenever you want something in your life, it feels like everyone is getting it except you when you want to buy a house and everyone's buying a house and you're still renting or, and for me, I want a baby desperately. And I feel like it's not, I know it's not true. It's not really any different, but I'm in the season of life where my friends are getting pregnant and having babies. Like we grow up and that's what happens. And I am so like, I talked, I talked with you about this, like, I'm so happy for you and for all my friends. Like I love seeing, especially those like first couple weeks of like the baby videos on Instagram and like all the hard things that moms go through and then being open about that. Like I I truly do love watching that and it makes me so happy to see friends become mothers. Like what is happening where we're like old enough to do that? But (laughs) Um, (laughs) but also I think for your own heart, know what you need. And if that's like, if it is like, Hey, I'm having a really hard day today. Maybe I'm not going to get on Instagram because I know I'm going to see this, or maybe I'm going to mute some of these accounts and follow some infertility accounts instead to educate myself because I'll feel less alone or whatever you need. That's been helpful for me. I, I have been doing a lot less like scrolling and just like watching, um, stories that I want to watch at the top. Um, and that's been helpful for me because I don't get lost in Instagram. Um, and then like deleting app, like I have the, these apps on my phone, like the bump and glow and all these like thermometers and all this stuff. I was like, I need to just delete all these right now. Cause I don't even want to see them on my phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, there's, there's so many different things that you'll need to do to cope. And I just think whatever you need to do, that's healthy for your mind, do it. And, and don't feel like, 
and you can speak more into this, but like, I don't feel like your friends would be offended if you needed some space for a day, you know, or. Right. Yeah. I was going to touch on that. Like on um, being on this end of things, you feel, you know, kind of like you don't know what to say or you kind of feel guilty about speaking about what you're going through or like hardships in your pregnancy when you know people are longing for it. And, you know, same probably goes with anything else in life. Like, mm-hmm. like you just were explaining. Um, I totally just lost my train of thought too. Oh, but <laughs> like I said to you, when we were getting our nails done is that, you know, I would never fault you for feeling jealous or like having those feelings that you probably feel guilty about because that's completely valid. I mean, it's not mutually exclusive to be jealous or frustrated or angry with God about somebody else's experience, especially someone that's close to you and also be really happy for them too in that moment. And so, you know, something I shared with Catherine was like, Hey, if, if there's ever a time that you need like space or, you know, you don't want to hear from me one day or, or even see, like, obviously right now we're not really seeing each other in person, (laughs) but like, I would never feel, I would be like, obviously sad about it for you, but I would never be angry or like resent you for having those feelings because it's valid and your feelings are your feelings. No one can take that. Yeah. So I think just coming from like a friendship and relationship perspective, the best thing you can do is just have, have those open and honest conversations with each other constantly and communicate how you're feeling and just put all, put it all out on the table. And like you said, ask what they need. Yeah. Sometimes it might be space or time or whatever it might be, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the end of, of right. a friendship it, it just means you know that season might look a little bit different than it than it used to and that's okay too yeah I think those words are like really wise like open dialogue and feelings feeling multiple things don't need to be mutually exclusive like that's you hit the nail on the head that's that's it and also one day I'm going to be pregnant and I want my friends to do the same with me you know and also to and also for me to celebrate that season because you wait for it your whole life. You know, it's, it's something I'm going to celebrate one day and everyone who is pregnant should celebrate that. It's a mirror. It's literally, and I feel like I get this more now than I ever have the most miracle of miracles. Like, mm-hmm. so you should celebrate that. It's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, open dialogue for sure. And just being um, aware of, your audience, I guess, and knowing triggers ahead of time, but you won't know until you say them. So say them. (laughs) This is true. Sometimes you learn the hard way. Some people might be listening to this and be like, oh shoot, I've said that to someone and now they feel bad. But it's like you said, it's not like people are being inherently derogatory or like, you know, meaning to make someone feel worse. It's just, we all come from this place, especially if we don't have that experience of just wanting to be positive and speak life into people, but it's not always exactly what they need in that moment. So. Right. And like I said, I've said all those things before and 
it also might be comforting for someone else. It's just not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Completely. So yeah, I just wanted to share a little more in detail with y'all about what's going on and um, definitely asking for prayers and um, thanks for listening to two episodes of this now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really don't, I don't really know what else to say. I think people care about you enough to want to hear this story again. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, hard to listen to or not. I think they'll appreciate your vulnerability and openness about it all because who knows who might need to really hear this one day. And it could even relate to a completely different situation, but still have some parallels. So, yeah, that's true. Well, thank you listeners for listening and thanks Chelsea for listening to it yet again. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Love you.